0: Welcome to Tent Talk, the podcast with Nancy McCrady, where we talk about life under the big tent of God's presence and the provoking process of discipleship. Here we go! Hey everybody, welcome to Tent Talk. This is Nancy McCrady. Take a listen to these episodes on the incorruptible seed of Christ— It is truly Christ in us that is the only hope of glory, the only hope of purity, and the hope of us getting up, maturing, cultivating, nourishing the life that has already been put within us so that we can get up and live as who we are in this hour of history. Take a listen. Love you all. Okay, I just want to say this to you today uh, about the incorruptible seed. There is probably nothing more uh, filled with corruption from God's point of view than man's goodness. He calls it filth. We hold it in such high regard that we've come to the point in the church that we think this goodness that comes from self is like that it's the goal and it's not. The goodness of man will kill you as fast as the evil of man will kill you. This is a part of what Saul, who became Paul, was ever pointing out in the scripture. It is still what Holy Spirit is in the cutting work right now, in this hour, in the church right now, is the subtlety of the goodness of man to become the goal once you're done with all of your evil. God wants nothing to do with the goodness of man. He does not hold it in high regard. It is not a virtue. It is the flip side of the coin. And Paul said, I was superb in my goodness. He said, if anybody could put confidence in their good-looking flesh, it was me. And he said, I would kill you and think I had done a service to God. My friends, in the incorruptible seed of Christ is the goodness of God. And man's goodness is in high, high competition with the goodness of God. So much so that there are many Christians right now who are highly offended with God because they actually believe they have been more faithful to God than God has been to them. My friends, if you're still the most faithful person in the story, let me promise you this, your story is not over. Peter held his goodness and his loyalty to Jesus in such high regard that he rebuked Jesus. He tried to dissuade Jesus. He tried to detour Jesus from the cross that was going to slaughter that very goodness. And Peter came to a very necessary part, and all of us, all of us must go through this. He came to a very necessary part, which was the open exposure that his good, once it was disillusioned by what he saw in the real and true Jesus, with blood running down his face, allowing the Romans to to beat him, allowing himself to look as an abject failure that he might accomplish the will of the Father. Peter was disillusioned before he went into his denial mode. The goodness of man is filth. We will not embrace it. It has nothing for us. This is a part of what cultural Christianity is. In my book, From Trauma to Trust, in the epilogue in the back, I, I talk about the difference, the cutting difference between cultural Christianity and cross-Christianity. This goodness, my friends, has to be exposed. There is nothing that we inherited from Adam, not good nor evil, that God holds in high regard. It is, it is capable of, of the worst kind of evil, look back through history. When they start culling you out and think they are doing a good and honorable thing, take note. Do not trust in your own goodness. Do not trust in the goodness of humankind. There is one goodness, one source of goodness. It's God's goodness. And this is what we must embrace as we allow the cross to work deep, deep within us. And just like Peter, who was the rock of the church, meaning that God was going to build upon people such as Peter, who had gone through this same necessary part of the process, because it's not going to be, the church is not going to be built, the church of Jesus, real Jesus, isn't going to be built upon the good of man. It's going to be built with the very material known as the lively stones, the sons of the living God, who have come through their own rooster crowing moment. When the rooster kicks its head back and lets out its cry, it's going to mean the sons have awakened There is an awakening that comes on the other side of this sound of the rooster crowing. And they awaken when they see Jesus looking at them. When they see Jesus looking at them with full love, full knowledge, full understanding. And they are breaking and maybe bitterly crying just like Peter And they realize, I did not know what I was speaking of. My friends, this is going to radically impact the way we live with God, ourselves, and others. It's going to affect marriages. It is going to affect um, the church. It's going to affect everything. This is the awakening that God is bringing. At least it is a major aspect of it. It is not a glorified church service for our entertainment, for our refreshing. This is the time where God is coming for His sons, but He's got to get enough of them ready to know how to steward the spiritual reality in what He is building, in the house He is building, so that when the harvest comes in, so that when the the thousands and the millions begin to turn to Him, there will be many that don't turn to Him, but for those that will, There have to be true sons, that's trustworthy sons, who are ready to steward the spiritual reality of his presence in his house. The incorruptible seed of Christ is about to break forth in the people of God. And no goodness of man will be able to stand when that happens. I love you all. Think upon these things. We'll talk soon. Love you all. For more information on Nancy, please visit nancymccrady.com or follow her on social media at nbmccrady.